Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development with 820 AM The Word. And with me today on our program is Kiefer Annable. He's the Associate Pastor at Living Way Foursquare Church in uh, North Seattle. Kiefer, welcome today to Heart of the City. Thanks for having me back. Well, you were on last week, and uh, I invited you to come back this week because we wanted to hear the kind of the rest of the story. And when we... Uh, when we left off, you had uh, um, talked about the fact that you uh, you grew up in the Mill Creek area, attended church, but then kind of had a crisis of faith and a real understanding that you weren't necessarily living the life that you thought you were or, or pretended to, and that the Lord began to deal with you at uh, about the age of 19, and he really came to meet you at that time. And uh and uh, so over the next couple of years, you were at Mill Creek Foursquare Church as an intern, and, and you, you were talking about the fact that, that you felt uh, compelled uh, that the Lord was calling you to ministry. Tell, tell us about that, it's, uh, that, that experience. Again, a little, share a little bit about what you shared last week. Yeah, so I'd done the, the internship at Mill Creek and had my first taste of what things could be like in ministry and got involved in some ministry kind of avenues, and um, I ended that and thought to myself, I don't want to do ministry. <laughs> and and the reason why? Um, because I found it would be, I, I just didn't want to give up my own desires for things, uh, the things that I wanted to do, and, and I knew that if I were to do ministry that it would, um, it would mean that I would have to put those things aside, and I would have to take up a call that would be to walk with um with people and pe- walking with people isn't always easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Uh, you, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. That yeah. uh, it can be messy. People's lives are messy. Yeah, and uh, and uh, there's the emotional and spiritual impact of dealing with people as you're as you're walking through life with them. And and I I don't know as if people who who aren't pastors. Mm-hmm understand the spiritual implications of uh, when you're helping people with problems, mm-hmm. what that's like when you begin to bear their burdens mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, that was something that I was hesitant of, and um, it, took, it took the Lord really breaking me down um, to help me see the need for that. Um, it's kind of interesting, because at the time I was living with... Um, one of the pastors on staff at Mill Creek, uh, his name is Ben Dixon, and uh, he um, was mentoring me and discipling me, and um, another guy that I look up to as kind of a father figure in the faith, and um, and that was it, was, it was right as I was moving into his house that I uh, felt the call of the Lord to, to ministry, and I then began running from that call, and uh, wanted to pursue other things, and um, so much so that I, I started actually started and then stopped culinary school, um, and I, I stopped culinary school for a couple reasons because I was there and I was asking myself, what am I doing? Um, this is way too much money, <laughs> and at the same time, I just felt like uh, something was uh, something was wrong about it, 
and I, hmm. I knew I shouldn't have been doing it. And so from the time of about uh, December, January of, that would have been 2012, 2013, um, to August of about 2013, I was running pretty hard in the opposite direction of ministry. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily uh, running away from uh, church or anything like that. I wasn't walking into any overt sort of sin, but I was running from the call of God, which uh, in effect is disobedience, which mm-hmm. in effect is sin. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I was doing that and uh, at a conference, uh, that Mill Creek had put on. Um, we'd had a pastor come out. His name is Nick Goff, um, pastors in the uh, Montana, Great Falls, Montana area. And um, he came up and spoke, and he did a lot of ministry and was prophesying over people. And there's a crowd of about 500 people. And uh, he called me out and said uh, a lot of good things, things that the Lord gifted me in and my my mind and um, things like that, and uh, leadership and whatnot, but he'd said, there's just one thing that the Lord is asking of you, and he's asking of your life, and that is surrender, mm-hmm. and uh, I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to do this, And uh, but again, the Lord had to, um, he had to kind of break me of some thoughts and, and kind of perceptions that I had, um, and my own ambitions, and kind of funny because the last night of that conference Nick had come out with his wife and at the last night of that conference I was sitting on stage waiting for Ben to kind of wrap up and um and Nick's wife turns around as she's walking away and looks at me as I'm sitting on this on in a chair on the stage um and she goes that fits you that suits you and she just turns around and walks away and I was like you've got to be kidding me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh and I just it was especially at that point it was really clear that I knew what I needed to surrender and uh um, you know, it's so. I, I so, sorry to interrupt, but oh, it's so fine. interesting because people, if if you're in the church and and you know, you and I have been around church our whole lives, and mm-hmm. so there's kind of the um, the uh, perception that people are grasping towards leadership and they want to be part of the you know on the platform and part of the leadership team and all that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. oftentimes there's those struggles like you had as mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be involved in people's lives. I want to just have a, quote, normal life, live my life, make some money, enjoy life, and not have to worry about any of this. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> the case. <laughs> exactly. You know, why Why put myself through this or my family or my, my, my wife or whatever when I can just kind of enjoy it? But yet when there is that call of the Lord, whether it's into a vocational ministry like you're into or whether it's a call of the Lord, maybe you're vocationally, you're working at Boeing, but yet the Lord's calling you into other people's lives, mm-hmm. yet there's still that uh, obedience that's required, that surrender, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I had to realize that when I got saved, it, it wasn't just so, you know, it wasn't just so that I could have a better life. It was because my life was meant to be lived for the sake of the gospel, for the benefit of people. And because um, when I, I you just got to realize that the gospel is not about us. It's not about me. It's about what God did 
to restore relationship with people and people need restored relationship. And um, just like people's lives are messy, my life was messy. And I had to realize that in my mm-hmm. process of not wanting to work with messy people, I had to realize how messy I was. Yeah. And and, and it was almost like your, your mindset was, all right, God's getting me from being um, – not quite as messy, but I don't want to get into other people's mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is that when we start to get into, when we righteously get into other people's mess mm-hmm. is when the Lord begins to reveal his character in us mm-hmm. to where we're getting out of our mess because we're in other people's mess yeah. in the right kind of a way. Yeah. Yeah. He begins to highlight things and point on things that you didn't realize were there. And um, and it challenges you. It calls integrity out of you. Um, it makes you realize the things that frustrate in you in people sometimes are in you. <laughs> and um, that's happened to me several times. And mm-hmm. I've had to, it's been really, really humbling um, to want to do it the right way and to, run, to want to uh, do ministry the way that God intends in the way that I believe is very clearly laid out in Scripture and things that we can so easily confuse these days when we cherry-pick passages and things like that and um, or read out of context, uh, you know, historical context and biblical context, the um, some of these passages. And when we take them out of context, we can make effect ministering things about us as opposed to about other people. It's mm-hmm. really a laying down of of our own ambitions and our own desires uh, for the sake of other people. Yeah. Um, you look at the Apostle Paul and the things that he would do just for the sake of the gospel being advanced. Um, uh, he, he went to incredibly great lengths and had gotten thrown in prison several times. And, um, and that's, that's the call of ministry, mm-hmm. um, is the total laying down of yourself for at whatever cost. It doesn't matter the cost, but it's always for the sake of the advancement of the gospel and the kingdom of God and retrieving lost people to a king that really wants them. So what happens next? You uh you 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 get some some words spoken over mm-hmm. you and you finally realize God wants me to do this. Yeah. What what happened next? Yeah, I mean, it helped that I lived with my mentor because that kind of be put me in a space where it was easy to process some of this stuff and I needed that. So I needed a lot of process. Um and uh I needed a lot of correction. I needed I needed people um, to speak in correction of my life where I was wrong and I had false perceptions and I had, you know, things that I um, I thought I was right in, but I wasn't exactly right in. And so that was a process probably, uh, you know, five months, six months before I even made the decision to go to ministry school um, of just kind of fleshing out what this looks like and things like that. And um, all the while at the time I'd started dating my now wife, uh, and in the middle of this whole process, um, and, uh, the Lord had really touched on things in me, uh, as I'm beginning to pursue this other person, um, that I needed to be called to the curb. And, uh, and, and he really, he really did that. And I realized, man, I, I, I think I need to start ministry school. I think I need to really pursue this. And so in the spring of 2014, I think it would be, uh, is when I started attending Seattle Bible College um, that is out of Sunrise Christian Center in, mm-hmm. in Everett um, and and was heavily involved 
my wife and I at the time were heavily involved in the youth group at uh, at Mill Creek Foursquare, um, where we got to serve with and, and under Trevor Loya, who's who's the one that led me to Jesus when I was 19, and um, had a lot of opportunities to grow in ministry to 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 stretch in the capacity at which I served. Uh, there was one point where I was serving probably about 30 hours a week in ministry. I was working about 30 hours a week, and I was going to school full-time. All the while, I proposed to, <laughs> to my wife. And uh, so life was, life was crazy. Yeah. I have this tendency to bite off a lot at one time, and, uh-huh. uh, and that was one of those seasons of life. But it was really stretching for me because I, I grew in ministry. I grew in my, my calling and, and refined it, helped me see things um, more clearly, helped humble me, helped um, he put other people first and, um, and, and really submit myself to leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that I keep hearing in your story is that God is, will continue and is continuing to work in your life to refine and to reflect his image. And, um, for those that are listening today who have this perception of pastors or have put them up on a pedestal of some sort of uh, paragons of perfection, you're not, right? No, no. <laughs> and you don't want to be that paragon of perfection. Only Jesus is, and and there is still the processing and the refining that's going on, and you are human just like all the rest of us trying to figure out this thing called life and—, and um, and obedience mm-hmm. and sacrifice and all of those things, and it will continue to be that way until you draw your last breath. Exactly. It's exactly the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you met your, you met your then uh, girlfriend, your interest. How did that develop? Uh, time <laughs> and, and help uh-huh. from, from mentors and leaders. And uh, we, uh, at the time when we first started getting together, I wasn't even looking for anything, and I was pretty set on um, not dating. And uh, then she caught my eye, and I pursued leadership. I, I asked my mentors. I prayed. I asked the Lord. I fasted and um, just tried to get his heart on it and just took things one step at a time. And mm-hmm. uh, wherever I got green lights from close friends and people that I trusted and, and family and mentors and things like that, and where I felt like I had a green light from the Lord, I went forward. We went forward. And uh, um, that was kind of just how we did it and got married. And uh, two years ago now, a little over two years ago now, it's 2017. Wow. Um, and, and then shortly after that came to, came to Living Way um, mm-hmm. to start pastoring there. Um, so, yeah, just took it one step at a time, really. And try to keep it it all open before people we trusted and before the Lord. And how has marriage helped form your character? <laughs> um, where to begin? Um, it has been the um, most humbling thing of my life because I'm not submitted to myself anymore, um, and I, I have uh, this other person that I'm. Uh, deeply invested in, deeply interested in, and that I, I submit myself to, and she submits herself back to me. And, um, and so it's been uh, incredibly refining um, and live, challenging me to, to live in even greater accountability and greater openness and honesty. And 
Um, my wife is really amazing. She's, uh, she's a great communicator. She's, uh, very compassionate. Um, really, really loves the Lord and, and has challenged me and, um, in more ways than one. Yeah. And are there, well, it's gotta be tough when you're in ministry to also be a, a, a new, um, a new husband, a new wife, a new relationship, because you've got that, those adjustment periods that are going on in your own personal walk, but then you've also got, you know, life and, and ministry and the needs of others, too. So there's a lot of adjustments going mm-hmm. on, isn't there, that's taking place? Yeah, and we took we decided to do many adjustments at one time, which I don't know that I would exactly recommend, but it's just how it worked out for us. Um, we met with Pastor Kai when we were engaged because we originally wanted to do, we, we felt like we were called to missions. And the conversation closed with, well, you know, sometime before the mission field, not right now, but sometime before the mission field, we would, we would like to kind of step foot into ministry and what that would look like. And he goes, well, we have a, a, a need for a youth pastor at this church. Um, and I said I would pray about it. And But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you hear people say, oh, I'll pray about it, but you never really think you'll hear back. And um, But we were challenged to pray about it, and so we prayed about it. And, and the Lord and both of us kind of just resonated that this was something. And so uh, five months after that, we got married. And then we uh, uh, two months after that, we moved, we switched churches. And then three months after that, we moved to Seattle and started working uh, working at the church because at the time we had lived in the Linwood Mill Creek area. And, mm-hmm. um, so we, and then she, had, I had also, um, kept going with school. Um, it was a job transition for me. I was also, uh, uh also working another job at the Apple store at the time. And, um, we did a lot of things at once <laughs> and lots of major stressors. And you just decided to do all those kind of in a very short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if it, if it wasn't for, the quality of people that we um, left from and went to and the faithfulness of the Lord, um, it could have been a lot harder than it was. Uh-huh. And so my wife and I were just both, both really thankful for how things have, have panned out and how he's shown his faithfulness to yeah. both of us. Now you're a youth pastor, associate mm-hmm. pastor. You're dealing with uh, children and youth at, mm-hmm. at Living Way Foursquare. Mm-hmm. So what what uh, what are the needs? What are you seeing the needs of 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 young people are right now? The, hmm. A sixteen year old kid that's in high school that's either a sophomore or junior in high school. What are the issues that they're facing right now? Oh man, uh, the strength of the voice of media and culture, um, the strength of the voice of living in compromise, um, and and really being a Christian that is not really distinguishable from the world. Um, and it's really strong. In this city, it's really strong. And it's uh, it's really difficult because there's a different kind of love that's being portrayed in culture and in media, and it's not real love. And um, people need the real love of God. And... I think the more I'm involved in several schools in the area, I'm involved in Shorecrest High School at a Bible club there, at a Bible club at Nathan Hale High School. I help serve at Whitman Middle School, um, and I'm hoping to be able to add some more schools uh, coming uh, in the fall. Um, but more and more, um, 
as days go by, I'm more and more convinced the need for revival, um, real Jesus-like revival, where the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit comes and and we see the miraculous, we see the life transformation, we see um, we see people getting renewed and restored um, because there's such a, a, a brokenness in families, um, and there's this perception that that brokenness is normal and okay and maybe in the world it's normal but it's not normal in God's plan it's not normal in his uh, uh, original intention uh, the normalized broken sexuality the normalized um, broken perceptions of of love and uh, um, inclusiveness and, and things like that some of these hot button issues mm-hmm. um, and I think I noticed so much I mean even at the middle school level uh, you just get a lot of kids that talk about things that uh, they think they know about, um, but they don't really fully know about. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it because of the influence of uh, of media and of culture and, and things like that. And it makes it really challenging. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, as you were talking about the abnormal almost normalized, uh, you know, if you watch any of the reality shows that are on or some of these, it's like we begin to find entertainment in dysfunction, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, a- and the enemy has somehow al- allowed media to, uh, to cause so much confusion about what normal relationships look like that that if you're lo- watching TV, you don't even know what normal looks like anymore because the abnormal is is glorified yeah. in so many ways. And so I can only imagine as you're trying to deal with, with young minds mm-hmm. that they don't have any kind of concept of what normal is in many ways. Yeah. And, and if the family, if their own individual family is messed up, you know, uh, as a youth pastor, how do you, how do you navigate all that? A lot of prayer. Um, that's really been my kind of default is uh, I, I know that my purpose for life is intimacy with the Lord just as everybody else's is. And when there's things I don't know what to do, I just ask him. Um, and I find that he gives me the wisdom that I need and the times that I need it. And um, because it's a sticky situation, because people are always on the offense. People are easily offended, um, as I have been easily offended before in my life. And um, and people, a lot of times people are looking for a reason to be hurt because they've just lived that way. Mm-hmm. And it's really heartbreaking, um, uh, because they don't see that there's more. And, uh, and so in certain situations that can be a little bit more difficult, um, takes a lot of patience, takes a lot of grace, takes a lot of prayer. Um, uh, and it, it takes really searching through the scriptures to find, um, the wisdom to deal with those circumstances. We can, we can think up, uh, you know, this event and these kind of more seeker-sensitive kind of mentalities that, that can seem to help people or get people in the door and get people in church. And, and those they, they, those can have their place. Um, but I think the real, uh, the real need is people to start to get on their face before the Lord, get mm-hmm. back to the Bible, get back to what the Word says and what the Word means, and get back to a place of prayer to see God move in a real tangible revival where where the miraculous becomes normalized. 
uh, as opposed to brokenness. Yeah. Um, so that's what I contend for. That's what I, that's what my hope is. That's the longing of my heart to see people in the streets get saved, to see schools experience the, the radical presence of God, um, to see, uh, the systems of the world become, uh, touched and reformed by the hand of God. Amen. Well, Kiefer, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. We've been sharing with uh, Kiefer Annabel. He's the associate pastor at Living Way Foursquare Church in the North Seattle area. And um, if you'd like to uh, hear Kiefer's story again, you can always go to our podcast at Heart of the City. You just go to uh, thewordseattle.com and click on local programs. Thank you for joining me today, Kiefer. God bless. Thank you. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com.